I'm ready to go. Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you need for work? I'm an ad salesman. (laughs) Oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. There's no place like the movie theater. The smell of fresh popcorn welcomes you to a full body experience while candies and sodas compete for your attention. Hoping to join you in the best seats you've reserved on Fandango. It's where movie lovers buy tickets, pick seats, and double up on rewards points all online. All that's left is to walk in, snack up, and sit back. Visit Fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies. Welcome to Bet the Edge on a Wild Card Monday. He's Drew Dimsick. I'm Sarah Perlman. Thanks for being with us here on the NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. Coming up on today's show, we have one amazing game left on Super Wild Card Weekend. And Peter King is going to join us shortly and help us break down the game as well as discuss as who he's most confident moving forward in the playoffs. And Von Zell's jumping on. Of course, he has a prop angle in the Cardinals and Rams matchup. We're going to find exactly what that is and what else is on his ticket for today. And we have our best bets edge of the day and so much more coming up here on Bet the Edge powered by PointsBet. What is going on, Drew? Oh, gosh, wild, not, super yeah. wild card weekend. <laughs> I mean, what are we going to talk about? Uh, here we are on Martin Luther King Day. We got 50 basketball games. We got uh, an, an, the first ever uh, playoff game contested on a Monday, uh, at least that I can remember. Maybe maybe there's some historical context that we need there, but uh, I don't remember ever having a Monday playoff game. So that's kind of exciting. Um, but yeah, this is uh, the, the action this weekend was outstanding. My bills came through. No sweat. Uh, that over zero sweat. Rob, that was yeah. the most sweat-free Rob, game. Over. I have yeah, seen. that was <laughs> that was a fun one, fun game, and all all, to, all told, uh, the um, the the I would say at least the Cowboys Niners game stole the show, just in terms of entertainment. <laughs> the uh, fourth quarter of that game was utterly wild. Some of the coaching entertainment, depending were, what side wow. you were on, it could have been con- it was torture if you had the Cowboys. Entertainment, not my word for the fourth quarter, but truly, yeah, that was. Uh, an insane game. You know, we came on the show. We were in the pre-show meeting, Drew and I just talking about what we would break down. Of course, we were kidding. Golf and maybe tennis. No, there's so much to get our head around from the weekend, Drew. I do want to mention fairly quickly that the 49ers, as we break this down, beating the Cowboys, very good for the sports book as they covered plus three and one outright. 73% of the money line handle on Dallas, SF won outright. Out of that game, whether it's the Bengals, and, and certainly we could talk about refereeing in that game against the Raiders or the Chiefs rolling, the Bills rolling, what was your biggest takeaway from Wild Card Weekend for Saturday and Sunday, Drew? Well, for sure, on Saturday, the first game, that was like the better's delight because both the spread and the total came down to the last play of the game. <laughs> and anytime, you know, if you're doing this for entertainment purposes, that's really all you can ask for. Right. Um, ultimately, I do think that the Raiders deserve the cover and the overbetters probably should have won and they both go home and empty handed so wow um but uh the nighttime game i thought we saw an absolute superlative approach by the 
Buffalo Bills offense. Uh, credit to Brian Dable for putting together that plan and Josh Allen playing on an absolute another another level right now. And uh, I think that's going to make for a pretty fascinating de facto AFC championship game between the uh, Bills and the uh, and the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday night. Um, the Saturday games, I, you obviously you had a, a lopsided contest in Tampa. Not to, I don't really think that the uh, reaction about Jalen Hurts' performance was fair. He's a you know first ever court time in the playoffs. Like the nerves are going to be real for guys like Absolutely. this. And uh, you know I'm completely willing to put that let that uh, let that go. I don't think they have to rush to judgment and find a replacement at quarterback in Philadelphia by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, and then similarly, the uh, the performance by Dak was disappointed disappointing for the Cowboys three quarters he really didn't ever find his footing it wasn't until their backs were against the wall that you really saw him put together some solid play uh, and then for it all to come apart in the final moments where they don't get that last playoff uh, there was a lot of questionable coaching decisions made by Dallas in that game uh, they were you know the idea of going for the fake punt and then later on settling for the field goal and you know some of the um, just some of the general uh, you know lack of recognition of the stakes uh, particularly uh, and that was know, our concern betting yeah. into that game all along that was our one concern how will coaching affect that game drew and, and surely in game decisions affected that game but to your point Dak prescott not his best outing uh, whatsoever not that his receivers helped him a ton niners dangerous moving forward they were the only dog to win and cover uh favorites four and one against the number during wild card week and of course we have another game we're going to break down in, in just a second playoff games by the way so far three and two to the over the nfl playoffs are here and the nbc sports edge plus we're giving you a special offer get 15 percent off an edge plus annual subscription throughout the play Playoffs. When you use the code PLAYOFF15, get every tool for every game at one low price. It's easier than ever to play and wager with confidence when you have NBC Sports Edge+. Plus. So much to get to. As for tonight's game and the playoffs overall, and who better to come on and help us break it all down than Peter King himself. Peter, thanks so much for taking the time this morning. We broke down some of what we thought were the bigger storylines, bigger takeaways, but now I'm curious to get your opinion from all of the games we've seen this far and leading in to the sixth game tonight between the Cardinals and Rams. What's What's been your biggest takeaway? What stood out to you? You know, I think, Sarah, the biggest thing that I continue to think about the modern, the current NFL is if you've got a quarterback, you've got a chance. If you've got a really good quarterback, you're going to win a game in January. And I refer specifically to Joe Burrow. And when you look at the way the landscape is in the NFL, you had a coach entering this year, Zach Taylor, who had won six games in three years. In most organizations, he would have gotten whacked after two years. But in the Bengals organization, where David Shula got five years, you know, Zach Taylor's going to get three, four years, absolute minimum, unless he, unless he robs a bank in Fountain Square. <laughs> so, so, but, but so now they enter this season with Zach Taylor. Players are getting used to him. He's got a really good offense, and he's got a guy who executes the offense who is one of the absolute, total, fearless human beings playing sports today. That is not an exaggeration. So when there were rumors that the Miami Dolphins had offered five ones to move up from five to one in the 2020 draft 
to go get Joe Burrow. And Mike Brown and the Bengals said no. And I asked Mike Brown about it recently. And he goes, it wouldn't have mattered what their offer was. But anyway, (laughs) that that is my way of saying, if you look at the Cincinnati Bengals right now, is it a hard argument to make that they can go to Nashville and win this game this weekend with Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins, uh, and with a great running back and Joe Mixon? I mean, you know. They could, I'm not saying they will win the game, but I'm saying they definitely could win the game, and I wouldn't be remotely surprised. But that goes to my point. If you got a quarterback, you got a chance. And if you look at what happened on Saturday night, the game I was at, you look and watch Josh Allen at the absolute peak of his abilities right now at the end of his fourth year. He's gotten all the horse crap out of the way now. And he is comfortable doing anything on the football field. And so, you know, he goes up against a guy who I think has a chance to get there in Mac Jones. But he's just he's not there yet. And, and uh, you know, if, if you look at Josh Allen, he wasn't there in his rookie year either. He stumbled all around in his rookie year. My my point about all these teams that are left and I include San Francisco because Jimmy Garoppolo's had some good moments for him in the last month. Um, but I think you really need to have an efficient quarterback to play deep into the season. I love all of those takeaways. I completely agree with you. Joe Burrow, guts of steel. Uh, that guy was cool as can be. And yeah. uh, honestly, Derek Carr, uh, even yes. on his way outdoor, I don't mind building around him, honestly. Uh, you know, he kept that team together through some ridiculous adversity this season, and he kept them, you know, he had, he had a chance to uh, uh, play their way into the overtime there. So if good you, job if by you, them. If you even look at, let's say a word on Derek Carr, at, you know, on his way out the door of this season, okay? I, you know, and I've heard from, you know, I hear from scores of Raiders fans. They interact with me in my football morning in America column a lot. And I'd say half of them say, can we please move on from Derek Carr? He's got a ceiling. Uh, We're never going to reach the promised land. And I always ask people the same thing. It's like Minnesota and Kirk Cousins. I, I, I say to people in Minnesota and Vegas and in some of those places, what's your plan B? What's next? Who's next? And you look at this year, look, I, I mean, there's a chance that Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson do not move. A chance. Um, there's a chance that Deshaun Watson might not have um, his legal ducks in a row before the draft. So it's going to be hard to trade for a guy that you have no idea how much, if at all, he's going to play this year. And so there's a lot of a lot of things swirling around the quarterback position now. And it just, to me, it raises the value. I have no idea if points better, anybody would have, would have a wager on the compensation, you know, that they would project to get for different quarterbacks. But I'll tell you one thing, if you want a sure bet, bet that the Niners, if they choose to trade Garoppolo, will get a one for him because they're just, there are not enough quarterbacks to go around, period. And there's nobody in the draft who's Burrow. There's nobody yeah. in the draft who's Josh Allen. They may turn out to be that, but you you don't have – there is no guarantee 
of anything in the quarterback market this year because we have no idea right now as we sit here whether Russell Wilson and or uh, you know Aaron Rodgers and or Deshaun Watson is is going to be moving before let's say before the draft. Yeah, I completely agree. And there's a bunch of teams that have win now rosters that are a quarterback away. Yeah. So you're 100 percent correct. Speaking to the quarterback position and how it plays into an NFL playoff game. We have a wild card game tonight between two yeah. quarterbacks who you can talk yourself into a relatively equal strength. I'll be yeah. a very different experience. Yeah. Matt Stafford has been around for a while. We've seen his highs. We know how, you know, how good it can be when it is good. Particularly in this offense, we've seen it this year with Cooper Cup and company. Uh, Kyler Murray, this is his first ever foray into the playoff games. Uh, he doesn't really have a lot of big time, you know, ex- you know, experience even at the college level. He only went to the one playoff uh, semifinal and lost to Alabama. So this is potentially uh, one of those situations where you could see it, it's a little early here for Kyler Murray. On top of the fact that I don't think he's especially well supported by his coaching staff and the pieces around him. Uh, is that the way that you see this game uh, breaking in terms of uh, you have a, a meaningful favorite in the L.A. Rams taking on a Cardinals team that's probably still a year away? Well, you know, this is a very complicated game. You know, I'm so glad I don't bet because <laughs> I would not be living in an apartment as nice as this one that you're looking at right now. It is beautiful, <laughs> by the way. I love your apartment. I've been looking at it as you've been discussing. Oh, uh, well, thank thanks so much, Sarah. But uh I'd introduce my dog to you, but he's uh, soundly sleeping. I don't want to bother him. Chuck, that is. Um, So I'll give you just these thoughts that have been going through my head. I covered the Rams-Ravens game two weeks ago in Baltimore, where I just thought the Rams had an incredible stretch down the stretch uh, when they were being attacked by covid and they had some other injuries. But, I mean, how, how about this for the Rams? This this amazes me. On Christmas morning, Christmas morning, Saturday, they're supposed to fly at 1 o'clock that day from LAX to Minnesota to play a game the next day against the Vikings. So on Christmas morning, 5 a.m., Andrew Whitworth wakes up feeling like crap. And he's had COVID before. He knows what it feels like. And he goes, oh, my God, I think I got it again. So he goes and gets tested, and he's got COVID. He's out of the game. You know, one of the best left tackles in the game. Then his backup, Joe Noteboom, goes and gets a test because he wasn't feeling well either. He tests positive. And so in that morning, Merry Christmas, Sean McVay. Your starting left tackle and your backup left tackle are both gone, and you're going to have to play an undrafted rookie from Iowa for 52 snaps in a dome stadium with a really good crew of edge rushers in Minnesota. And somehow, some way, they win that game. They win. They beat Seattle. They they beat Minnesota. They beat Arizona. They beat Baltimore. What an incredible run by by the Rams, but. There's something that gives me a little bit of pause right now about the Rams, and that is that in the last four games, Matthew Stafford has turned it over nine times, and they have survived that. But think about their games against Arizona this year. At SoFi, 
Arizona by 17. At Arizona, Rams by a touchdown. So I think we are going to see a game tonight that is a game well into the fourth quarter. And I like the Rams in this game because I really like Stafford. I think he is one of these riverboat guys. You know, doubt him at your own risk because I think there's a chance tonight he throws for 390 and four touchdowns. Maybe he turns it over a couple of times, but I think he more than makes up for it. Music to my ears, and I know Drew's, because we also like the Rams tonight. I like Matt Stafford. I like Cooper Cup. We'll discuss that later. Right now, the Rams are laying three and a half. The total, 49 and a half divisional game. A lot to digest there. And uh, love your analysis. Hopefully, the Rams can pull it through and make it to the divisional round. And that brings me to next week. As we look at the slate right now and who's matching up, Peter, which game are you most looking forward to watching? I mean, am I right in thinking that I saw at like three o'clock this morning when I was finishing my column, Football Morning in America, I think I'm right in saying the Bills are like, is it a four-point dog in this Two and game? a half point dogs against the half. Chiefs on Sunday. Okay. Like, I'll just say this. The guys in Vegas and everywhere else where I mean, shoot, I live in Brooklyn. I could put a bet on my phone now. I, I mean, it's been a long time coming for a lot of my neighbors who are like, you know, dancing around gleefully so that, you know, they, they don't have to go to Vegas anymore to bet. And I've always had this cliche. Well, if I went to Vegas, I wouldn't put 10 bucks down on that. But but anyway, my point was that I don't know how you watched that game the other day in Buffalo five-degree wind chill, and watch Josh Allen play one of the best games that a quarterback in NFL history has played in the postseason and call them an underdog. Isn't that – Isn't I, and I'm not saying they shouldn't be. All I'm saying is that I think it is just wild to think that, that Josh Allen – after that game could be an underdog this year. And, and especially look, and, and again, I'm not saying that a game in October means a hill of beans right now, but last year, twice Kansas city beat Buffalo and Josh Allen didn't play particularly well. And Josh Allen didn't have one of his best games this year when they met uh, in October, but Buffalo beat him by 18, and Josh Allen did not turn the ball over that day. And so it's kind of funny when you look at this game, how interesting it is. The thing that interests me the most is that Kansas City and Buffalo are in different divisions, but this will be their fourth meeting in the last 15 months. And so – I mean, you're an assistant coach for that for either of those teams. You don't have to do a lot of film breakdown. It's like seared into your brain. You know everything about that team. So I think it's going to be so much fun, that game. Uh, two guys who it sounds silly to say in their fourth year starting for both of them that we're going to see both of them with gold jackets, you know, when I'm using a walker one day. And I just I think both of these guys, it's such a treat to be able to have these matchups and to have four 
in 15 months. I, I just think it's very fortunate for, mm -hmm. for all of us. But, but again, I, I, it would be very, very hard for me if I did it. It would be hard for me to bet against the Bills this weekend. Music to my ears. I have a, uh, I'm a, I'm hugely levered on the Bills <laughs> to go deep in this playoffs. Uh, so nothing would make me happier I can than confirm a Josh, a Josh Allen spectacular, like just, just, just a, an all time run from him this month and, you know, into, into February would be, uh, uh, so well. So, it so it really could happen and probably should happen. <sighs> so I guess if you look into your crystal ball, what would you guess to be the AFC NFC, uh, matchup in the Super Bowl this year? Before Saturday, uh, and I went to Buffalo on Saturday. Before Saturday, I said uh, Cincinnati and Green Bay because I'm just so smitten with Joe Burrow, and he slays dragons. And that still could happen, but it would mean that Joe Burrow and the Bengals would have to win at either Buffalo or Kansas City, and that's a tough road right there, either one of those games. And so – I don't know. I, I probably would say right now today, I'd probably say Buffalo Green Bay. But, you know, I'm like everybody else in our business. You know, we all keep watching Tennessee and we all keep picking everybody else. You notice that? <laughs> so nobody, true. Nobody so picks true. Tennessee to do anything. You know, I guarantee you that all the wise guys and wise gals this week, oh, give me an upset this week. Oh, well, uh, I like the Bengals in Tennessee. I guarantee you 80% of the people will say, yeah, put your money on the Bengals. And, you know, if truth be told, if I were a gambler, I'd probably bet on the Bengals, but I would not feel good about it. I mean, Mike Vrabel, think of this. Think about having 91 players on your team in uniform this year. And to put that in perspective, which was far and away the most of anybody in the league, okay? But think of this, to put this in perspective, that Mike Vrabel on opening day this season stood on the sidelines for the national anthem with 45 players ready to play the game. And just imagine there's been 46 other guys in uniform for his team this year. So he could probably look around and in every direction, he would see somebody who was not suited <laughs> up for the game, with the exception of Ryan Tannehill. Think about it. I mean, maybe Harold Landry. May, I, 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 don't, I, I haven't looked at how many guys played all 16 or 17 games, but a lot of them didn't. And to, to have won home field over the great, Kansas City roster and team over the great Bills, over the rampaging Bengals. And, it, and, and all, I mean, it's this has really been a special year, I think, for the Titans. And especially now getting Derrick Henry back seemingly, you know, he should be back. And, you know, playing at home. I'll tell you, I, I, I the Titans, the Titans fascinate me. 
Three and a half point favorites at home against the Bengals this weekend. They're plus 325 to win the AFC. And Tennessee is also right now nine to one to win the Super Bowl. I don't want to say they've been disrespected, but surely slept on. And by yours truly as well, I have not backed the Tennessee Titans as much. Uh, Packers, by the way, biggest liability in the NFC right now at points bet. And no surprise right now, the Bills, the biggest liability in the AFC. Peter, we so appreciate you taking the time. If you're not following Peter on Twitter, you can find him at Peter underscore. King, and you can check out all of his amazing work and insight on NBCSports.com and Football Night in America. Peter, thank you so much. Sarah and Drew, thanks a lot for having me. You guys have a great day. You too. I'm ready to go. Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you do for work? I'm an ad salesman. (laughs) Oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics, Friday, July 26th on NBC and Peacock. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. We're gearing up for the divisional round in the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet has you covered with Sunday Night 7. Predictor will happen between the Bucks and the winner of tonight's Cardinals-Rams game for a chance to win one million dollars that's right one million dollars so download today from your app store or visit nbcsports.com predictor for more information let's continue this discussion of tonight's game between the rams and cardinals with von dalzell the prop king himself von's back from indy hopefully feeling good he has his terrible towel that's something to show today von i'll one give you that one year one more <laughs> year no i'm just kidding I know that you and most Steelers fans, you know, probably don't want that. But that being said, incredible career to Big Ben. Watch him go out yesterday. Uh, let's break down the NFC wild card game tonight. One more game. Rams, Cardinals, heard from Peter King. Drew and I both like the Rams as well, laying the three and a half right now. This was at four most of the weekend. Money has come in on the Cardinals. Total, 49 and a half. What do you have on this game, Vaughn? Well, we might as well get a broom, make it a sweep. I do like the Rams in this spot. I got them the three and a half and the four. Now, Kyler Murray in Arizona since 2019, you know, one in five on the money line against L.A., one, four and one ATS. That win we saw earlier this season was the first win for them. So that was crucial. But I'm sure the same reasons why I'm on the Rams are the same reason you guys are with the Cardinals being so cold down the stretch of the regular season. One in four on the money line. I mean, they even lost to Seattle and Detroit. I mean, come on now. And the Rams finished off hot, but they let the 49ers, you know, get that win in overtime, which their backs were against the wall. But Arizona's a couple guys like Justin Pugh on the line, 
who's a game time decision. Big, big decision there for him because Aaron Donald will definitely uh, flex his muscles quite often if he's not in the lineup. And of course, James Conner and Rondell Moore have been banged up as well. So I definitely like the Rams in this spot. And we should know what's going to happen in this game by halftime because the Rams are 45 and one when leading at half under Sean McVay. Uh, so we should know if our bet's looking good or not by the first, uh, you know, 30 minutes of the game. Absolutely. Yeah, well. I just want to, we got to talk about your cat coming in the middle of the screen when we're talking. Dying to hear, dying to hear Vaughn's breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> dying to hear it. Sorry guys. Uh, I know. I mean, I think, I think realistically, um, you know, Peter King brought up a very good point, which is a lot of the success for the Rams and Cardinals in their two matchups this season bore down to winning the turnover battle. Cardinals win the turnover battle 2-0 in the first matchup. They win the game. Rams win the, the turnover battle 2-0 in the second matchup. They win the game. Uh, you have an interesting prop look for tonight, which I feel like insulates you a little bit. Yeah, come on. You know, from the, from, the, from the Rams getting the cover. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point you just made. Then you just threw me under the bus a little bit here with my prop. So <laughs> I was, was going to say, I do like both quarterbacks to likely throw an interception tonight. I've been fading rookie – or not just rookie quarterbacks, but quarterbacks in the first playoff start in general. That's one of my wild card caps. Um, outside of Derek Carr, who also was making his first playoff start because I took the Raiders over the Bengals. Uh, we're 2-1 and one so far. Faded Jalen Hurts and Mac Jones. Let's roll with Kyler Murray fading him as well. But Matthew Stafford – has been a turnover machine. So I do think that he is going to throw an interception this game. I think both teams will have some turnovers in this game. Stafford, as you heard Peter King say, has eight interceptions in his last four games. I mean, three of those four games have been multi-turnover games. Our model has him to throw 1.6 interceptions mm -hmm. tonight, so they definitely think he's good for it. He tied Trevor Lawrence with 17, so, you know, all these factors. But what's really the most uh, important thing here, since Robert Woods has gone down, I'm a big Bob Woods supporter. Since Woods has gone down, Stafford's thrown 18 touchdowns and 11 picks in eight games. The first nine games, he had 29 touchdowns and six picks. Significantly different numbers. So, yeah, I do like Matthew Stafford throwing interception in his fifth straight game. Chance J.J. Watt comes back, which obviously puts the pressure on him as well. So, uh, yeah, I do like this one against Arizona defense. Eileen Kyler Murray as well. Okay, this is a, an interesting way to attack this game. And as you mentioned, our edge projection showing the 1.6 interceptions for tonight for Matt Stafford. There's a scenario and a big scenario, I would argue, that Matt Stafford throws a pick and the Rams get the win and cover. We've seen it so many times this season. As you said, 17 picks on the year, eight picks over his last four, and certainly some wins over the last four games. So... We'll hope for a, uh, and by my wool, I mean me, Drew's cat, Drew, you will hope for a Rams cover and a pick by Matt Stafford. Okay. Got to talk about college hoops here. You're on the show, doing the podcast on Wednesday. I look forward to listening to that in the morning. Um, you've been really, really consistent and solid with college basketball this season, Vaughn. So kudos to you tonight. Got to get a play with what you're eyeing. Yeah, we definitely have been streaking here lately. Almost a sweep on Wednesday show, but Duquesne basketball is always going to be Duquesne basketball. <laughs> Um, today we see line movement again on my plays, so hopefully you guys can get some value. Wyoming plus three at Nevada is what I played uh, last night and this morning. Now, Nevada has failed to cover in five straight games. They haven't covered a game since November 30th. I was 27 years old on November 30th. Did you guys know that? Not anymore, but the Wolfpack are 4-9 and nine ATS on the season. They don't do well at home. They're 1-5 and five ATS at home, but they are 4-2 and two on the money line because they're usually heavy favorites. Now, Last time I came on and talked about Nevada, they had a guy named A.J. Brahma. 
He's left. They're three and five ATS without him. Wyoming just came off a four game pause due to COVID and they won 71 to 69 in their first MWC opener. So I like them. They play the road dog role this season. They got guys that score points. And an interesting stat is when uh, Nevada does not score 75 points, they are two and six this season. Only two teams, Arizona and Washington, have scored that on Wyoming, and they won the needed overtime. So I certainly like them. And another play that's on the move that I have to just slide in here real quick before we move on is Norfolk Stake minus three and a half. And I said Norfolk State, not Stake. Um, I like them against Maryland Eastern Shore. This line's already going to four and a half on some books. If you can get the three and a half or four, take it. Maryland Eastern Shore has not played in almost an entire month, and they have three wins at home. But guess what? None of those wins have come against D1 opponents, all Division II and Division Three teams. Uh, so Norfolk State, who is a very good team, top of the line in their conference, should get a nice win and cover here at Maryland East Shore. So that's a two-unit play for me, my biggest play of the day. It's at four now, and I spent a lot of time in the DMV, and I know Drew is from there as well. Our producer, Adam, trust me, everyone knows Norfolk State and the Eastern Shore in Maryland. That's all I got to say, but it is at yeah. four. Usually you throw out the records when Norfolk State takes on Maryland Eastern Shore, um, but I like that little bonus play Spartans. Okay, uh, and of course, how about them Cowboys from Wyoming? Uh, it is MLK Day, which means we have a, an enormous NBA slate to handicap tonight, uh, and I see you have circled a game where we have a huge change. If you haven't been paying attention to the NBA, I don't think we're going to see Kevin Durant take, a, take the court for the Nets until about March at this point. Now they take on the absolute um, surprise darlings of the season in the Cleveland Cavaliers in Cleveland, um, Brooklyn and James Harden and Kyrie Irving and company. Do you think that this crew rolls into Cleveland and goes punch for punch with the uh, Cavaliers or are the Cavaliers the rightful favorite here at minus three? Yeah, the Cavs are gritty, man. I haven't bet the Cavs enough this season. I've definitely looked at them multiple times and approaching today, I was looking at some angles, motivational factors, and I think I found one in this game. So we're going to go with Jared Allen over 15 and a half points. Now, if you remember, oh, he used to play yes. for the Nets, but now he plays for the Cavs. So he has a revenge angle today. No Durant, no Claxton, no LaMarcus Aldridge. Three of the tallest players for the Nets are out of this game. Now our model has him at 16.8 points. So hitting the over he's hit, the over 22 out of 37 times, which is 59%. But the real interesting factor is when he plays 30 minutes, he's 20 and 20 and eight to the over. That's a 71% hit rate. And of course, he's going to play 30 plus against the Nets, his former team, um, who he already had 20 points and 15 rebounds on this season. So I did play the over 15 and a half points. I played the over 26 and a half points in rebounds. Um, he's a great rebounder. He should double double again today. And like I said, revenge angle here. I like this game to be competitive. So I did play Jared Allen, the man, the fro, as we all call him. And I also want to say, Drew, are we not disappointed that Rip Hamilton told us to go bet Kevin Durant for MVP? And then he goes out. Uh, and gets uh, yeah, that yeah. was rough. We'll give him a second chance, but I just want to put that out there. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. Kevin Durant, for to, for to his credit, he was playing at an MVP level. And honestly, yeah. when we had did that interview, I think Steph Curry was like clear leader in the market, and he has come very much back down to earth. So we need to revisit this. Let's think yes. about this. So next time we have you in the show, let's hit a little MVP, NBA MVP talk, because there's a bet to be made right now, and I'm not mm. exactly sure who the answer is. And we've been killing it. Tyler Hero, Locke. I mean, you, Scotty Barnes is up there as well. I mean, you hit the Ra Raptors are probably going to win your bet in a week. And then we just when got John Morant last week and his odds of 
you know, bombarded since we gave that out. So uh, for, for uh, most improved. So yeah, we're we'll let this right. crazy we'll slate this play out next Monday. As always, Vaughn will be on the show. We will break down and revisit the MVP market and give some actionable bets there in the futures market for the NBA. Um, I always tell everyone to subscribe to NBC Sports Edge Plus. And there's a reason our edge projection gives a ton of analysis in the picks. And for Jared Allen, showing a lot of value, the model 16.8 points. So on your side as well, Jared Allen, your final play against the Nets tonight, 15 and a half, take the over. And as you said, at 20 points last time he faced the Brooklyn Nets. Vaughn is on Twitter at Money Sports. You can check out all of his NFL plays, college basketball plays, NBA plays, everything on NBCSportsEdge.com. Him and Corey Parson will also be hosting Bet the Edge on Wednesday mornings for now on, so you definitely want to tune in. Vaughn, good luck with all your bets. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, guys. Let's go Rams. As we said, Bet the Edge is expanding. Drew and I will now be hosting a Bet the Edge game time on Wednesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern to get you armed with all the last-minute insight, information, and trends you'll need to know to make your wagers before the games begin. So make sure to check us out on the NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. Super excited for that, Drew. Absolutely. And if you have ever sat through the show and you're like, I want more of Sarah's hot takes, I want more of uh, me blabbering about the NBA, we have great news for you because the people have asked for it and we have answered. We are going to give Do you I a, give a lot of hot takes. No, but your your general commentary and yeah. and 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 uh, and read on the sports space. I think a lot of people are interested in it. So, uh, you know, it's, an hour it, of me yeah, people want an hour. Yeah. You want Drew's NBA plays for an hour and his cat rolling in and out of the camera, <laughs> me spewing about the Dallas Cowboys, which while we're talking about them for a second, I'll just say because I lost a bet. Not only did I lose some money on that game, help me. Um, one of our researchers, Johnny, was telling me all week to take the Niners and I was yeah. sick about it. And then yeah. I do have to give him credit. He was all over that. And it made me even worse. Like not only I don't even know what was worse, losing to him or losing cash. That's how you sure. know. It yeah. No, no, no. It no, was like no. an ego hit. There's nothing uh, yeah, worse of course. than that. No, of There's course. There's nothing worse I, than that. Of course, of course. There, there. That's absolutely a component to it. When you're when you're betting against your friends, and you know you have opposite sides, and there's yes. uh, and there's pride on the line, even beyond the money. It's uh, sometimes it's even more emotional. I completely get it. That's okay. We're in a good spot for tonight talking, you know, got some winners over the weekend. You certainly crushed it over the weekend and we're going to give out more plays in just a second, but download the NBC sports predictor app powered by points, bet. enter Wednesday's free NBA pick and roll contest for a chance to win $50,000. This week we're highlighting matchups between the Celtics and Hornets nets and wizards and 76ers and magic. If you don't have the predictor app yet, I don't know what you're doing. Download it now. Free shot to win 50 grand. Take it. We'll split the profits. It's fine. Whoever wins, call us. Drew, me, the winner. 50 grand. We'll help each other out. All right. Looking for more cash? And that means edge of the day. Actionable bet for tonight. Good NBA on Friday for you, Drew. And obviously almost all of last week. And huge slate tonight, as you said. Don't, I hate when you, because all you do is <laughs> no, no, winners. I'm not, I'm, I've just been, I, I'm enjoying this NBA season has been just such a joy. Like uh, it's, it's, You've made so it a joy fun. for a lot of our listeners and <laughs> myself. I'll say that. There's made it let's, a joy and it's it's a huge slate. Let's keep it going. Let's see where slate. you're looking. Yeah. It's a huge slate. Let me, let me, uh, let me just rip through this real quick. Okay. Uh, in the early tip-offs, the New Orleans Pelicans are the hot side. They have been bet down from five and a half to four. Value is gone. Pass on that card. Charlotte is the hot side against the New York Knickerbockers. They have flipped from 
a dog too, a one point favorite at the market making shops. That is a pass for me. Early tip with the Philadelphia 76ers. That is not a big enough spread. They are three point favorites right now against the Washington Wizards. That Philadelphia team, particularly their closing lineup, is so, so, so good. They will win with margin against the Washington Wizards, who have a couple of very exploitable matchups. Brooklyn Cleveland was a pass. We mentioned Kevin Durant is out. Do not know what to expect from James Harden and company. Chicago and Memphis. Memphis, eight and a half point favorites. Doesn't look exactly correct, but you got to dig in a little bit in terms of available bodies for Chicago. Not a great spot for them. Indiana has a rest advantage. Passed. Milwaukee has every advantage in this one. However, six points is fair. Passed. Portland, Orlando, easy skip. Miami, I think, is a reasonable favorite at three. I, sh- I made that four. I played a little bit of Miami this morning. I think they beat Toronto. Toronto, realistically, only doing very good work at home, on the road, they're suspect. Edge of the day, Phoenix Suns, minus four points. This is off by about one and a half points. This should be a six-point spread. San Antonio does not match up well against Phoenix. We talk a lot about the Phoenix Suns on this show. They have supported a lot of my winning ways so far this season. I will go back to the well with them, despite that uh, uh, you know that they have are, are playing on a back-to-back. Doesn't really phase me. This team is resilient. They are going to win with margin against the San Antonio Spurs. And then I passed on the two nightcaps. Nothing. Just, Oklahoma City spread a little bit too big. Passed Utah. Uh, a little bit too short, but Lakers have a huge rest advantage. So pass. Somebody clip that off quickly <laughs> and put that on Twitter. That was incredible. How am I supposed to follow up my edge of the day after you go through almost the entire slate of the day and give your honest opinions on them uh, in terms of your bet tonight, laying four with the Suns? You don't have to convince me to to back the Phoenix Suns. Someone you've been high on all season, been profitable to take. They won six of their last seven games and uh, covered five of their last seven. I will take the points with the far better team, Phoenix Suns. Money coming in on them now, by the way, pushing this to four and a half. My edge of the day, I wish I can run through all of the plays like you did because that was so fun. I'm just going with the NFL (laughs) game tonight. I found something, and I'm very excited to hear what you think about this. Um, A prop for tonight, you can find on points, but Cooper Cup, over 107 receiving yards. That's a lot, I'm aware. Plus one touchdown scored right now at plus 175. Is this the biggest edge on the board for tonight? No, but you're getting plus 175 odds. And I think if you look back, not only to Cooper Cup, what he's done this season, but last time they met, very great game. He had a touchdown the last time they they met. He had uh, 13 receptions, 123 yards. Obviously, that's going to play into tonight. Our edge projection that I've mentioned throughout the show quite a bit has Cooper Cup for 1.1 touchdowns, 126.9 receiving yards. The reason this stands out to me is for Cooper Cup, and, and Drew and I talk a lot about game script, and most people do when you're breaking down games, it does not matter what the game script is. It does has has no effect on Cooper Cup and how much he's going to target him for tonight. He's his favorite target. He's the best receiver in the league. Um, what he's done this season is spectacular. He's out of he's averaged 114 receiving yards per game this season, over 11 targets per game, eight and a half receptions on average, um, and 16 touchdowns in the regular season. The reasons are obvious. Everyone loves Cooper Cup. This is just a super fun way to get involved. I also saw this on Pro Football Focus um, yesterday, and this was interesting. He's the only NFL receiver to play over 90% of his team's offensive snaps and run around on over 90% of his team's dropbacks. So incredible. Cooper Cup, he's been fantastic. He has a good wow. matchup tonight. Um, they rely heavily on him. Plus 175. He's minus 160, by the way, to score a touchdown period. So plus 175. Big game. 108 receiving yards from Cooper Cup. He can do it and get in the end zone one time. Plus 175. Let's take a shot at it, Drew. I love it. Fantastic. If he does not get to these numbers, do the Rams win? It's going to be tough. So I think that you're basically kind of, you found a a nice little uh, avenue 
uh, into a Rams side. That, I, I laid uh, the points with the Rams as well, yeah. so I will say that I laid the points yeah. earlier. Plus one seventy five. Those that's that's really yes. nice price. That's what I'm saying. So plus one seventy five, getting involved in laying the points with the Phoenix Suns, one of actually probably your favorite team in the NBA, and they've become one of mine. To be quite honest, that's all we have on this very long show. We had a lot to get to on this uh, wild card Monday. He is Drew Densick. I'm Sarah Perlman. We appreciate you being with us. For more analysis, you know the deal. Go to NBCSportsEdge.com. Subscribe to the Edge Plus subscription. That'll help you until you're back with us tomorrow morning. Good luck with your bets. Enjoy the final game of the Super Wild Card Week slash weekend. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Take care.